Square. This is DJ Blackout. You're listening to Radio Blackout here on 88.3 WCBN FM Ann Arbor. It's 4.33, which means I am running over. I guess uh, the techno jams just kept spilling out. They couldn't be contained to 4.30 p.m. But nonetheless, it is time for yet another episode of Living Writers. It's a pre-recorded episode from April 6th of this year, 2011, with author, poet, filmmaker, Ish Klein. So do stay tuned for that, and please enjoy the show. Thanks for listening, as always. It's been a pleasure. Be back next time. Same time, same place here on 88.3 WCB at FM and our Goodbye. Good afternoon. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and today on the program, I'm so pleased to have Ish Klein on the show. Ish, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Ish is actually joining us from Amherst, uh, Massachusetts, and you're at the Ish, you're at the Amherst Community uh, TV uh, station? Yes. Yes, I am at ACTV in in the room with the old um, VCR tapes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually kind of perfect because you're a filmmaker, too. And you started working in, in um, literally like the video, right-ish? Yeah, absolutely. Like really cheap equipment um, be, um, because video is so affordable. And, and it's, um, it's, it's really not that hard to, to manage it. You know, and and well, you know what? We'll get back to that because before we go any further, uh, I'm going to read uh, your 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 latest book, Moving Day, um, was just published by Canarium Books. Uh, this it just out this month, basically. Um, in I guess as a great way to celebrate National Poetry Month ish. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so for me. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what that beep was. I don't think it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just, you know, we'll just muddle through because these, um, the the phone interviews are always um, have another added um, interesting element to them. Um, <laughs> but before I go any further, I'll read your short bio in the back of Moving Day, um, it, your your second collection of poems with Canarium Press. Um, Ish Klein grew up in Long Beach, New York and was educated at Columbia University and the Iowa Writers Workshop. At Columbia, she was awarded the Brownstein and Woodbury Prizes for Poetry. She attended the Writers Workshop through the Maytag Fellowship and a Teacher's Writing Fellowship. Her poems have appeared in Bridge, Explosive Magazine, Spork, The Canary, The Hat, and Elsewhere. As filmmaker, she was the recipient of a 2005 NEA Digital Filmmaker Residency, and her work has screened at festivals and museums around the world. Her book Union was published by Canarium Books in April 2009. She now lives in Amherst, Massachusetts, with the poetry and fiction writer Greg Purcell. 
So Ish, once again, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank I, I, you for having me. Oh, well, it's just, it's lovely to talk with you. And and you you actually were in town in, earlier this this um, in March, and you had read for the Visiting Writers Series at the Art Museum, and we just, we weren't able to um, mash one of these talks into your schedule at the time. <laughs> so, so I'm so glad this is working out. Um, so, so Ish, when we were doing the sound check, I actually um, just kind of teasingly asked you what your sign was, and um, and and what it led to was really quite lovely. Um, so, I'm just gonna recreate that moment right here. <laughs> Ish, what's your sign? I am a Gemini. And what? And so, and that. What What does that mean to you? Um, Gemini's are represented by twins. I think um, one's male, one's female, kind of like Janice. Um, the, oh, no, that's a different one. Gemini's basically twins. And um, uh, or, uh, oh, um, some of the um, characteristics are creative, talkative, more, ins- more inspiration-based than with a lot of follow-through. Um, And I guess what it means to me is somehow trying to um, manage the two different halves of my personality in a way or um, or um, yeah, that would be it. I would say. Yeah, Ish, because I noticed, like, and I think that there's um, a couple of poems in Union where you actually, you, you mention the twin, um, trying to find, out, find the lost twin or the missing twin. Um, so it seems like an idea that um, cons- consumes you partly. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it does. Um, because I, I noticed, you know, there's like um, some... There's like some kind of behavior pattern that I recognize is what I do, you know. But then there's always somebody um, in my perception, you know, probably me or else something else that's always wondering why I did that, you know, or like, oh, "Oh, why are you behaving nervously or why are you being shy? So almost (laughs) or this sort of thing when like like a part of me is fairly detached and observing and I sort of wonder well that's a good question I don't really know you know like but um so it's like there's this other person who seems to be aware of the bigger picture who I don't feel like I can necessarily um work like I I wish I could work through that guy more but it's like a little bit detached so it's always a con- more of a conversation than a than a, um, a more of a conversation than a blend i would say oh i see between the two aspects of this twinness yeah or or split or whatever you know <laughs> yeah and it's i was um reading on your like you have the, uh, a youtube site for your films um so so people could go and check that out ish klein films um on YouTube and for your latest post, you had mentioned moving day and how this book um, was written in about a year. And to, to kind of quote you from that ish, um, you said the poems are conversations with the radio, um, your friends, emotions, your emotions, your family history, music, intrusive memory, dwindling finances and dread. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so that's a long conversation. <laughs> and a lot of the poems actually have like this, a, like a, a very, a, a large momentum to them and require great length. Um, is that what you felt like when you were writing some of these longer poems in moving day? Um, oh, um, yes. Well, uh, I, I didn't really think about it before. Before I w- would write something, especially anything on the long side, um, what what's happening is that I would have a, a, a feeling that I felt I was in the grips of, and to somehow make it manageable, I would write it out. And then if I write something out and try to start crafting it a little bit, um, well, I guess after the first couple of drafts, because I realized if I'm writing a feeling, if I write the feeling, what if it's that feeling for somebody else and it seemed to be a bit of a contagion? So I was, sometimes these things get long because I'm trying to figure out how to make really uncomfortable feelings to go through what they have to so that they don't leave anybody in a perilous state, you know, first of all, first oh. of all myself, but then as like, um, I don't know what they call it. It's, it's when the phenomenon, when you read something that's troubling and you take on the trouble of it, I didn't want that to happen. So a lot of these things go through changes so I can, um, see that it's possible, you know? Like kind of that. I wonder if that made sense. I hope it did. Um, yes. Yeah, but a lot of the length is basically working out, working it out, and sometimes actually trying to fill in things so that it's more aesthetic. And to me, you know, I don't know if it's aesthetic on the big picture. And, and, and when I say aesthetic, I really mean interesting. I see. Okay, so moving beyond, because tr- or trying to, because trying to define a feeling, it's like hard to actually do that um and, oh it completely and, <laughs> is and then the worse the feeling the harder it is to describe you know because um because it's almost like a kind of spell you know or enthrall to be like enthralled to something that you don't quite understand you know it's um i asked a friend of mine about that if he thought moods were real because i was raised in a part of me still believes that, like, well, a person can take control of their moods somehow. You know, you have to figure out how to take control of your moods. Yes. And my friend said, no, no, you have to accept your moods. Your moods are real, you know. And I thought, huh, I wonder if that's true. Like, I wonder if that's my problem, that I, that because I don't think that they should be real, I'm fighting them all the time instead of understanding, in a way, or whatever. Yes. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense ish. And I guess I would, I, it's funny if your friend had said that to me too, I think I would have also been like, huh, (laughs) because there is like some aspect of trying to, um, present a a controlled, um, image of who you are, uh, at least to the world. And, and I guess on some level to ourselves too. So we feel like we do have it like, uh, something together. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, so you know who you are and that like, you could trust yourself, you know, like, um, um, this, this, this guy is, he's, he's, he's really, the funny thing about him is like, um, he's my friend and he's also somebody who's like really a beautiful person, you know, like you wouldn't think that like, you know, when he, when he said that, I would have thought that like, 
huh, you know, like, but that's funny because I wonder, that's funny because every, but I mean, I only see a small, one only sees a small sliver of a person, really. Yes. Um, I guess that's true, too, yeah. And, yeah, and even, and even ourselves, too-ish, isn't it? Like, sometimes we, I guess maybe we're, maybe part of these, because these poems have, like an inclusive quality, but also a, a questing, like a searching quality to them. So maybe, um, is, well, I guess I could just ask, um, well, cause you're a filmmaker, you work in other mediums as well. Um, why, why do you write poems ish? Oh, um, well, I, I guess I, well, I started early at a time when I didn't really question stuff, you know, like, um, when I started kind of early, um, and I just enjoyed writing. Um, and when you say early, do you mean like you were a little kid running around sort of writing things? <laughs> yeah, that level is <laughs> like, like definitely like, I'm, I mean, um, everybody, every kid is like this, I think, or, or maybe not everyone because, you know, there's different, maybe not everyone, but a lot of kids when they learn writing, they get really excited by it and, um, I I really still enjoy that feeling, you know. Um, I think that's probably the main thing that it still sort of it's it's it does it's it still feels like a like a, a wide open thing, you know. Like uh, especially when I read people who are inspiring, I feel like wow, you know, there's so much to this. <laughs> like there's a lot more to um, a lot more that can be done, you know. I mean, even if I tried to copy somebody, if I thought they were doing, okay, like suppose you, you suppose you try to copy somebody, but in your own voice, like that's a whole new thing, you know. Or, um, yeah, it's still really uh, fun for me in the in the basic um, in the basic discovery way. Yes, and and I think in one of the one of the later poems in, in your book, Moving Day-ish, I think there's a moment where you say you're trying, um, like, not to kill um, the kid inside you, um, where, like, to keep that, that sense of play and spirit. Um, yeah, I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, did that, you mean that? Going down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and be, well, I I think that's what you mean by like kids kind of start out that way where and maybe it's about paying attention or or being in something at this really kind of um open or basic, but in the good sense of the word level where you're actually not bringing all these um all your your weird filters or presumptions to it that we start glomming on as we <laughs> as we kind of carry on and in, in age a bit yeah for sure I mean I've, I find that with myself a lot you know um it's sort of had kind of like an emotional growth spurt recently and I realized that wow I never really understood paranoia before but now I think I do <laughs> you know and that that was like really that was real you know for for me and um but when you're young, that's re that really doesn't enter the picture, and it's sort of good. I mean, I guess in a way, it might be an artificial quarantine inside of me that has that place. But I would, no. I want to keep it as long as I possibly yeah. can. No, I don't think there's anything artificial about this 
this part of you ish with uh, whatever could be kid like or like that sense of discovery. And it's it's thoroughly in both your books, uh, Union and Moving Day and um, and and in your in, like, for your on Klein films, um, you have a short bit where you're you're you do say that you wrote this this book when you were unemployed. And there was like this was sort of um, uh, like uh, to, to quote you again, this book, it is what I did to make it through my own bad time, but there's still like this, this humor and, um, this, like, I don't know, someone else has said something like reckless sense of compassion. And yeah, it's really, uh, it's, it's all there. So, (laughs) um, let's, let's take a short break ish. When we come back, uh, would you, would you mind reading a, a poem for us? And, and we'll hear one of the poems from moving day, maybe even moving day. If you'd, if you'd like oh, to. Oh, wow, that. sure. That's kind of a long one, but I'd be honored. I'd, I'd be delighted to read that. Yeah. Well, well, wonderful. Okay, we'll take a short break and, and we'll be right back. You've, you're listening to Living Writers today on the program, Ish Klein, her latest book with Canarium Books, Moving Day. We'll be back. Welcome back. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and today on the program, Ish Klein. Um, Ish Klein joining us from Amherst, Massachusetts. Ish, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Hi. And a, and a quick uh, thanks to Brian Delaney for engineering today um, and making all of the lines connect and then go out again over the airwaves. Um, so, so, Ish, are you... Um, are, would you mind reading Moving Day, or is it is it too long? Is it um, what? well? It's kind of long, but if you'd like me to read it, I'd love to read it. Well, well, let's give it a shot, and All then right. maybe we can balance it out <laughs> with a shorter one later. <laughs> oh, that sounds fine. Oh, good. Well, I guess I'll start. <clears throat> Moving Day for Greg Purcell and Joel Craig. I hear and wear the dead, the temple of my head. Do you take your past very seriously? Are we separated, really? Inside me there are ranges and voices, too. The dead in my body, or call it memory. They say, actually, it's one place with different rates. One body range, red revving, so you could hit the high note. Night and knives, one range, gas flame, and flower blue. We choose and we forget. 
I know of no perfect zone. Nothing's ever done in one. We mess up, then again. What is the soul is the thing removed, devalued? Who is you is how you fought to keep it, or lost it. I fight infection with a bandage. I needed to close the hole. It's to keep pollution off the sore, a sore inside. Wish, skittish, intent upon propel. Get me out, oh hell. Down whiskey. Let's be free. Let's just see what malarkey. I trust the fall a human degree. They are above me. I cannot see, only hearing. It could be a trick, so getting closer. Shoot the flowers. A rash blooms anyway. I've lost my anchor. I'm adopted by another side. I cannot hide. There are unhelpful abstractions to avoid. The meaningless, malignant, weed thought, weed feel. Everyone gets by by a breath, slim margin. Never mind the arguments piling up. Never mind which side gets the killer lovers. The high-pitched cry of a newborn alone, read again. It reminds of a life. The pitch becomes an image. The image becomes art above a fireplace. Seen and heard rarely to keep the price high. Pictures for the castle propagation and takeover. Unhelpful abstract zap. Of course there is a war. So-called poor already know. Non-participants who would not buy futures in cutting machines. Guns and were stunned. And I am too afraid to breed. Who could resist the club or the gun? I thought it would be better to forget. Now I have to think again. They don't say help me, I'm angry. They took him away. Another villager saw the corpse. Seven bullets. Have you reported? Did they ask all the correct questions? They only came to record the case. They're just remembering what happened. A large, blood-stained piece of cloth. It was a hot day, but the crime scene does not appear to have been handled correctly. Gradual annihilation of tribes. Conquest disease, disease leaves 2 to 3% remnant. The anger of all indigenous people is concentrated. Our position is we don't want any part of your conflicts. No political going, no old Spain, no cocoa for cocaine. We reject them all. We are enemy of them all, and we will not be your messengers. The castle moves laterally. An iceberg slims and germs assert. When you care, you get angry. When I care and I am drunk, I get angry. Otherwise, I am sad. Sorry to make this personal. Showing is low. I confess. Confession is low. Seditious. Why else the words committed? Why else the words with someone else? There will be no real investigation. Just another dead indigenous person. We are a tight-knit community, and we suffer for it every day. What remains is communication. Our feet still touch the earth. Our tomb still holds our bones. And I'm told the binding will have to go. The bandage, my best defense when I had no mind, with body, and now unraveling, I read walls and reflect. Earth, air, fire, water, a.k.a. bone, breath, bile, saliva, element five, the light, movie music strumming me, tuning breath through my head. Anyone of this wavelength can be briefly airhead, light foot. On reentry, there is a certain loss, vague depression. It's an inner exodus, one flutters incapable of confrontation. Frustrating to see it and not be able to say on one's own behalf, stop bothering her with your future eating and death spread. Stop killing everything that wants nothing to do with you. The ghosts are laughing, another swig. And why don't you plant something useful like a tree? Glug, glug, you crack the skull, the shell, ghosts, a gas glowing and maybe my holdup. Ghosts tightening the girdle, the ghost of a girl. Probably you know, or will soon, 
It's annoying being alone and broken into. My indigenous impinge? Should I just not move? I smart? I dance for a dime? Any chance a layabout could get a job? Any chance someone like me could make it? Is it worth it, this fervor for work, which is future conflict? The fervor, let me tell you, I'm tired just watching you. Are we digging or filling? I forget. This is the how-to and life? Yikes. One proves one can fix by fixing, right? So we fix ourselves, ourselves who resist. And anyway, poetry isn't supposed to make money because that would be counterfeit. And the fits go this way, clockwise. Fixing. First, I must work on the time. And no, it isn't digital because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and plus, and some again. I'm nervous, have taken pills for sleeping. The vibes are, I'm sorry I walked away from the accident. Well, I didn't do it. Before they took him, I waited with the hitman. The other one ran. The hitman's blood actually gelled. Hell, the sore. It's embarrassing that I didn't go into the ambulance, that it didn't occur to me to stay with him, or anyone at all. A demon screams, leave her alone. Oh, shut up. It's vertical time. Vertical time. Get up. Get your intention as if no judgment you could imagine. As if you're a known good, the only good, and what you went by. Endless forgiveness may be beyond this. No, I don't think. My guess is we are each each other and better than jellyfish. Or better yet, I remember the jets, the one overhead, bullets in the chest by the time I wanted to defy death. It was like a taming game, dodging bullets, hitting home. If I get hit, I plan to forget it. If you want me with you, tell me obviously. Please be obvious and blunt about these things. The last weapon I held was blunt. It wasn't mine. Er, I mean, it was for agriculture. Learning about agro, a small-scale operation, something easy and organic. I want to want. Everyone too, right? Am I a contestant representing? Do I need to prove my earthwork? Extract not the metal, I say. Clay's less an invasion to take, then the bake, then brick, voila. This will work for a house. Should I dance the argument? Take off stays? What now? Here, have a ball. Practice with him. Ooh, him, hello. People make me nervous, but let's go. Don't worry, he can't hear you. After practice, we exchange tasty jokes about babies. It's to test the new. It's accurate to the fear. It's accurate to caring in a way. Art is kid stuff. Poets confess. The many voices are not really them. Hey, partner, puff, puff, kick. I am not my programming. Get a load of this one. Two, three, zero, uh-oh. Four, four, four. The number of salt, the number of the earth. Five is jive. Mars is red and discs we throw. Six is soul. You will need help. Seven, three, spirit, plus the four of earth. Shuffle the deck. I can understand proximity, but it isn't easy to be. Eight, splendor, blessed. Blessed silence, can't yet nine, change, transformer me, man in makeup, me and nothing. The indigenous sees a ridiculous babble. It's like smoke. The dark cloud coming down, message, a thunder drums the earth, says ten. We want to ride the horse. We want to love the other one. We want to hunt and sometimes play our way. The circle around the earth. So we live, we hunt, we pray. We fight until the very last breath. I fight for the breath. The child inside me I try not to ruin, in spite of what has happened, in the desert of cast-off clothing. Inside the silicon, a movie show, indigenous ghost recording. I read a bandage. The producers of this myopic can seem cruel, but that is their humor. I reread a bandage and hold it up so you can see. Marquee me, the card, entitled Moving Day. That is the movie of this day.
Thank you, Ish. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And and it's almost it's kind of amazing how the the that was that was lovely to hear you read all that, um, especially since is it the longest poem in the book, Ish? I think it is. Yeah. Thanks for reading it. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And amazingly so. Um, you said uh, also that the like the movement of the poems, the sound of the poems, it was influenced by a lack of breath in some ways. Um, can you, uh, what did you, what do you mean by that? Oh, um, well, um, uh, like I, I sometimes re- recite these while I'm writing them and I, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of the lines are sort of, they're, just a word sometimes where I'm running out of it, <laughs> where yes. I'm running out of breath or getting like, um, worked up. <laughs> and, um, also, I also noticed that when, um, when I write or read, there's like some part of my body really tensed up, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't, I don't know why I think other people do that too. Um, I guess it's, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not exactly sure um, how it works. Like, um, so when you're reading it, it's it's tensed, and is it the same? Are you saying when you're making it ish? Because in the writing of it, because that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, it's influenced by breath, and now I've asked Ish to read the longest poem, like a lack of breath, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and it it's like, and it makes it, um, it's moving. It's almost always pushing you you forward uh yeah it it does it's um it's challenging to read it um with um because you have to really i have to really bring it up you know i'm like i have to push it out of um of my mouth (laughs) like and um and um yeah I, i used to just read these things and just be gasping, you know, but I thought, well, that's how it's happening now. So I'll just read it that way, you know, until I could figure out a way of doing it another way, <laughs> you know, where it's not so, um, it doesn't sound so asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, no, there was no, there was no traces of, um, wheezing or asthmatic sounds ish. It was, I'm glad it good. Was... I've been practicing. <laughs> that, could, that could be why I practice. <laughs> Well, let that be a lesson, kids. We're <laughs> ish. We're gonna and everyone um, listening out there. We're gonna take a short break and then we'll be back. Uh, you're listening to Living Writers today on the program. Ish Klein. We have just heard her title poem from Moving Day. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. You've got Living Writers on WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor. If you're just tuning in, um, good show, because we've got Ish Klein here um, speaking with us from Amherst. Um, and, and again, thanks to um, ACTV out there <laughs> for giving you a solid line, Ish. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm really thankful to these guys. I'll tell them when oh. I... <laughs> When I pass through the door. <laughs> well, let's 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 switch a little um, bit towards um, like one of your other hats. So, um, poet, uh, filmmaker, and then also creator of the Boo Show, creator and host. <laughs> oh yeah, I did that in Philadelphia. Um, we have about four shows on the YouTube, um, but I don't really do it so much anymore. But um, but I had a great time doing it. It's like a video program where I interview people who I think are doing things that are, like, kind of, like, exciting. Like, Conrad and Dottie, they're these great poets, and they're my friends. And um, and Gabby, she's a yoga teacher, and, like, I really enjoyed her class. And, um, yeah, that's that's the crux. That's like, And it's it's lovely, because it, it seems as though, because I, I think... I saw that the first episode was Fireman, and um, that was uh, in January 2008. And then I think C.A. Conrad was on just uh, like a little bit later. But it was this wonderful, um, you sort of had a mission statement. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel a little funny about it now. I mean, I, I believe in the mission statement, of course. It's just kind of sincere, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, it was sort of, I mean, I don't mean to denigrate the, that work. I like that work and everything. But I try, sometimes I don't really, I don't talk like that as much anymore. Oh, okay. Well, and so can, could, do you mind? It, it was just like, I don't know why I feel nervous about it, because it, it feels a little exposing in a way, you know, these days. Um, yes. Like, um, or to, um, and to... also it was like this sort of, um, it was a show that I, that was a blast and really, really super fun. Um, but I, I was kind of doing it because it was the show that was like, um, these are things you can do so you don't feel bad. And, like, the reason I was doing them was because I was feeling kind of, um, I was sort of grappling with depression. And um, and it was sort of like, well, if I can do this, you know, this, it maybe it would help other people because, you know, humans get depressed. Yes, yes. And that's one of those, um, uh, do you, it's a real emotion, so then you allow yourself to acknowledge it um and it seems like so that's interesting because the 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 boo show itself it seems completely um fueled it does seem very sincere even though it's like talking about things like people don't often talk about oh happiness and um uh you know the try to be rolling in joy and then ideally (laughs) you know but then this little like voice coming in saying ideally where it's kind of teasing itself even um were were you also using like um making the films that starred clive k and tedward k um also available on youtube um one is called um, manic depression um and 
and Ted Word is depressed in it. Um, is this is this when you also were making those films ish? Oh yeah, I still make those kind of films. I um, uh, I I like making puppet videos a lot, and um, I, I think I made that one in two thousand and five. Um, and um, I actually really like those puppets. They live in Stuttgart, Germany now. Um, oh. with my friend, but <laughs> like um, yeah. Well, actually, that was like a way more technically difficult thing to do because like when you're doing puppets in a video and you're trying to make it look okay, like I'm sure you could tell like the difference between PSA and um, there's this one called PSA and I did that just in my bedroom, like with myself. So myself and this puppet named Jeffrey and like, um, it's very tongue in cheek. Uh Oh, sorry about the thing. I don't, I don't think that'll happen again. Are you still there? Oh yes. Yes. Oh, good. We're okay. here. But We're here. The, um, bedroom, um, videos with puppets was like the lighting wasn't, um, but manic depression that we actually used a really good camera for and my friend Scott helped like, tremendously. And this is Scott Johnston and the two of you went to Stuttgart for the film festival. We did. Right? Yeah, is, is, that was in 2007 and or is, so. Is that why is that why Clive and Tedward stayed there? They just enjoyed they liked the German beer or <laughs> <laughs> Well, I became friends with Gabby and um she she lives in Stuttgart and I kept sending them videos. It was the first film festival I got into and it was a really great experience. And I always wanted well, I wanted to have something that I thought she'd like that I made to give her. So I, and also for some reason, Gabby and Fritz remind me of bears, like a little bit. Um, <laughs> and not in a negative way, but in like kind of like an, an amazing sort of way. So, well, well, yes. I mean, anyone can go to YouTube now and click on um, Manic Depression or Hollywood Machine and see like the amazing <laughs> tenderness of these bears. Like to give to give them is is quite quite a gift. Like there's this moment where Clive asks Tedward, um, "What pains you?" And it's just so <laughs> it's so tender. Oh, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> it takes a long time to learn how to ask the right question, you know. Yeah, as a human being or a bear. Yeah, both, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like with your, your short film, The Hollywood Machine, um, it, uh, Clive is, is sort of taking a central role in this one where he says, I make movies you will never see, unless, of course, you've gone to... <laughs> To, to heaven and it seemed as if you were <laughs> you were talking about um sort of your your frustration <laughs> right with the, the yeah in my personal heaven which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of sad <laughs> but um yeah that's a little bit sad i mean hopefully you'd see better movies and you know so-called heaven or like a more comfortable zone let's just say but i mean you could see rough movies too if you wanted hopefully you'd have a choice right. maybe heaven would be like a lot of excellent choices or maybe some choices that would just be, like, totally mind-boggling. But, yeah, Hollywood Machine, that was, like, Clive's rant. Because I was having a really hard time getting anything into any festivals. And at the time, I was just paying all sorts of money to get into, like, fancy film festivals. Because I thought, oh, well, this ought to skyrocket me to, you know, a career. But it didn't. But it, well, if you see the videos, you'll sort of understand why that was a fairly delusional notion. Well, I was, I actually was, no, I was wondering if these were, um, if you did longer 
films with, oh, with I have a longer um I have a DVD of um of a bunch of those from YouTube and one also called Launch which is 20 minutes. I'd love to send it to you. Um but yeah, I I'd, I'd oh, love for you, for you to see that. It's um it's actually the most complicated movie I ever made and I and I did most of it myself except for the other acting things. But it was kind of like a test to see, like, oh, which part of this process do I like the best, you know? So it was more like an experiment. But I'm happy with the way it came out. And so, and it is interesting because in some of the films, you are, you are acting in them. Like you're one of the the roles as well as um, the bears. Like in Success, um, I think you and and Clive are, are acting different parts at different moments in the, well, Clive is... Um, a successful bear. <laughs> anyway, well, I won't try to recount the whole, but, but people can go to YouTube right now and, and take a look at this. Um, but my, my question for you, there is a question in all this ish. You're probably wondering when that was going to happen. But um, is it by using the, the puppets um, in the films, is it, um, is it an easier way of examining, examining um, autobiography? Oh, autobiography? Oh, um, yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, it's certainly an, a, a really good way of examining perspectives, which must come from um, what I think happened. You know, like I guess the perspective was shaped by the so-called past. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, like the funny thing is that, like, when you work with puppets, you sort of realize, oh, this isn't just another character. It's like another another piece of myself kind of you know kind of coming out but like stylized so it could be another creature entirely um but um because it seems like maybe you could have um maybe uh like clive talking about his films and when he says some of my movies were rejected before i even sent them to the film festival and so it feels that way (laughs) I don't know why, but just does. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting. No, I'm no, sorry. no. That's no. This is your show, ish. So interrupt away. <laughs> There's no interrupting. <laughs> but but I guess that's the the like. Uh, is it a way um, about talking about things that you're concerned with, like just that the puppets sort? Yeah, they sort of give you. Um, well, they maybe they automatically give you that that that. You're, you are the observer that you, like we started talking about at the beginning of the show with the Gemini, the twins, and have feeling that duality or that split. And maybe with the, the puppets, um, well, or the bears, or because um, puppets almost seem like too much of a clinical term for them because they almost seem like little beings uh, um, in your films, of course. But maybe... Oh, I'm glad you think so. I, I, I like working with them. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like it's a way of somehow coming to terms with feelings that one isn't necessarily proud of, you know, like, um, a sort of distancing mechanism, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it seems like pretty valid. Like if there's like a place where you want to be, you know, in like life and you're doing the things that, you know, you're trying to, you know, be a filmmaker with the other filmmakers, like in a successful kind of context. And what does that mean? What does... Oh, well, I don't know because I'm not there. But what I I imagined it meant was that... What I imagined that it meant was that, oh, well, maybe this will be on television or 
oh, and, and if this is on television, maybe it'll, maybe I could get a bigger um, project off the ground or something like that. Or maybe I'll just be able to talk to people who are doing this sort of thing so that I could figure out the next step in a way. And what I think maybe it's, you know, this is just kind of talking about it. I see that a lot of the ways I was doing things were were kind of not really reality-based. They were sort of, like, they weren't business-based. They were more like, oh, I'll just keep making these things, and then, like, the business will form around it magically, and that'll sort of, like, somehow it'll all happen. I'm kind of passive about the business part. I mean, or if not just intimidated and nervous about it. So it seemed like film festivals would be the best way to go because then you would be recognized and then there would be this whole machinery system, or so I imagined, which is probably not true, especially probably not now, but there, that I thought there would be like a business machinery that I could just feed my videos into. You see, it's not really totally realistic now that I sort of saying it out loud. Well, it's, I understand what you mean about that, that, that there's, um, well, there's the reality of making and needing to make and, and, um, but then there's sometimes there's not that, that, that piece where like the business world isn't, isn't any more, is, is hardly, certainly not more real than that. Um, but it's, it's what's recognized, um, I guess as the way to, to get, get the work out there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it has a definite set of protocols, which are, or which are necessary to learn. Like it's, I guess, another language in a way. Well, you know what? It, yes. Let's take a short break and thank goodness for Canarium Books because um, you're a voice that that needs to be out there, Ish Klein. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll take a we'll take a short break and then we'll be right back. Um, you're listening to Living Writers today on the program. Ish Klein, her latest poet poem collection, Moving Day. Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and today on the program, Ish Klein is joining us from Amherst. Um, her latest book of poems, Moving Day, 
published just out this month, um, National Poetry Month, um, from Canarium Books. Uh, and hey, Ish, maybe we could do a quick shout out to to Josh, Lynn, Robin, and Nick. <laughs> oh, well. yes, um, that will be Josh Edwards, um, Lynn Shu, Robin Schiff, and Nick Twemlow. They are the um, they all edit the Canarium book series, and they're really, really wonderful people. And and I'd like to say also thanks to Russ Brakefield for um, sending me, giving me your two books-ish, um, too. Oh, and, I met him. He's really nice. <laughs> Maybe he's even listening right at this moment <laughs> out there in um, Radio Land, um, a, another world of our imagination. <laughs> yeah. um, and Ish, did you, um, be, because I wonder, um, both your books, they just, they, they look, they look amazing when you hold them in your hand. They're just this amazing amazing um, artifact. Um, and, and Moving Day is, is a photo of a, a tiger waving. Well, a, a person in a tiger suit. I was wondering, were you, did you um, pick this photo or? How- oh, this is Josh's father, Van Edwards. is a brilliant photographer and he took this picture in Texas in the 70s. <laughs> and um, Josh said, um, I have this photo that I've always wanted to put on a book, you know, can I run it by you? And I saw it and I just thought, oh my God, this would be, this would be the greatest, um, this would just make the greatest cover for a book, you know, that anyone could ever ask for. It's, it's, it's a guy, um, somebody's in a tiger outfit, but they're wearing sneakers. <laughs> like you can sort of see in their feet. It's really funny, but it's also kind of amazing because he's like, on a corner and and it's like the corner of a street it grabs me and he's but it's but it's um josh's dad did that you know so it's like a real it's there it's like a lot of love goes into these books every like lynn did the painting on the cover of union and and the attention and the care that josh puts into it because josh designs the books too it's it's pretty astounding he knows the difference like he knows if if a comma is in a different font Yes. He says it drives him crazy when there's like a Helvetica comma in like some other font. You know, I don't, you know what I mean? It's yes. like a, a level of detail I could, I could, uh, I could only imagine. Yes. Yes. I can, yes. Me too. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and, and the poem, the long poem moving day that you, you read for us ish, um, and towards the end, it's, it's kind of this amazing moment where it says, um, I, I hold it up so you can see Markimi, the card entitled Moving Day, and that is the movie of this day. And when you were saying that, I thought, wow, and that's like the tiger sort of on the cover almost with this card that <laughs> holding up saying Moving Day. I don't know. I know the tiger's waving, but for some reason that really seemed to connect to this, this, this tiger on your cover, too. Yeah, that's a pretty lucky thing. <laughs> Oh, well, Ish, it's a, it's a lucky thing that, that you're, you're in the, the world, actually. And would you mind reading us another, another poem? Is there? I would, I would love to, and thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be talking with you, T. Um, this, this poem is not in Moving Day, so I'm going to read it. It's, it's called um, From a Book of Changes. Yes. <clears throat> From a Book of Changes. I was looking for the book of me to throw at the book of you, and this is what I found. It's one book. Not exactly square. At times, yes, 90-degree angles. 
You pull a page up wet hole, like a bed sheet, and underneath is you and me and something like a dragon boat. It begins in the mouth. The first page is dirt. You put dirt in your mouth and spit it out. We read trails and pulls and wheezes. I put palm leaves on our heads and call us sage pages. You say now chocolate. I say stomachache. You say no fun. I say you are too white. You say no way. And work at the edge to pull a sheet off this argument. Look, a drug, a drunk is asleep. You think, help him. I say he's bleeding acid. Call the family. You say the family's the problem. I say so what? They have to. And you say, no, they don't. You wake the drunk, and he yells you are trying to kill him. You say, get the F out of my book. He says it's his book, Whitey. You direct him to me and say, Whitier. I say I am albino and therefore blacker than both your sorry asses in terms of the non-standard. I go to prove it in the book, and the drunk starts eating the book. You put your hand in his mouth. I put my hand in his nose. Doing this, we three become dogs. The book becomes a glowing hand, its little finger in the drunk dog's mouth. The drunk dog says F. The hand leaps from his mouth and clamps onto my throat. The drunk dog bites my scalp. I scream and you run around us in circles, yapping. The drunk dog starts lowering me into the ground, and the hand grips the drunk dog's tail, twisting it. They whirl around and you slow your yap run. I bleed and my blood becomes a red plastic bucket. You start to mention my plastic blood, and I say F into your brain. We watch the drunk dog with the hand on his tail while backing up. I say you should talk to the hand, and you laugh into my brain. I say seriously. You say the drunk dog had it coming. You become a general. I am private, first class. I decide to put the hand into the bucket somehow. The bucket's handle tastes like a Mexican worm bar snack. I say this into your brain. You say la-di-da. You move to the right so that I must follow with my mind. I turn and the drunk dog is asleep. The hand is nowhere visible. I say the hand, the hand. My bucket becomes a red vinyl collar. You ask if you can wear it. I say the hand. You say grow up. Can I wear the collar? I do not know how to say no. I worry. I might need it. You put it together in your mind. You leave. I reconsider the collar. You leave. And the hand... I start howling like a cartoon coyote. You will throw letters to me, grit in my eyes from South America. I say, would they like me in a blimp, General? You say, a blimp? Is your name on it, Private? I become tired. I decide to call the drunk dog's family by bloody bandages on their clotheslines and spitting DNA all over the place. They come and they see what has happened, his being a dog. They are nice to him. And I say he will change, probably soon. Anyway, it isn't bad being a dog. And I realize he is leaving. And I realize he is leaving. And I realize I become pollen in your eyes. I say inside your brain, I hate you, instant hole. And you laugh inside my brain and say, I am a hole. And you are a hole. And I say, no way, general. And you say, you are so a hole, private. Thank you, Ish. And now that, I, is that, and that's one of the, that's one of the new poems. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And so is that since, and, and when, um, like how, how new ish, like, can you tell us a little bit of, about oh, that? Sure. Was it when you, cause how long have you been in Amherst and yeah, anyway. I've been in Amherst since, um, August, no, no, since July 31st. 
um, just before August started. And I've been working on this one. I've been working on this one for, let's see, I'd I'd been working on that. I started it in Philadelphia, and I'd been working on it still in Amherst. So it wasn't quite finished until um, maybe September, like, um, yeah. And I think I started that one last spring or so. Wow, so it's... And when you are working on... Because this this seems like definitely another poem of... Uh, that that ranges far, and so it's a meaty one. Um, when you're working on this poem, ish, is it that? Um, is it your, like, what's your working style like? Do you um, have several different poems that you're also working on, or is this your full focus on this one? Um. Well, yeah. Usually, you know what happens. Like, I I I try to start like lots of them, but some of them are just not that. Not not very good at all, you know, and it always ends up that I'll focus on one, and that'll be the one, like that'll seem to have a beginning, middle, and end. You know, I mean, because some poems they just seem like, oh, this is like some mid-range transaction, or oh, this is a beginning or an end. But but if it but if it seems like like a complete, um, a fairly a fairly complete system, um, then I know that I could keep working on it. I get kind of confused if I'm just, like, writing on something and I don't know where it's going. Usually that's a bad sign. But, I mean, I do it anyway. I mean, because you never really know. Sometimes things, they might have a big flabby middle, but you can work it out and then tighten it up later. Um, But I guess the process was, yeah. This is Free Speech Radio News for Wednesday the 17th of August 2011. In San Francisco, I'm Danny Wood. Coming up on the program, migrants continue to flee Libya and Tunisia as unrest persists in North Africa. In India, small traders protest their government's plans to open the retail sector to Walmart and Tesco. And civil libertarians protest a decision in California to shut off cell phone service at public transit stations. It's unprecedented in this country. We've never seen that in the United States. Uh, to have the governmental agency shut down a communications network to interfere with the planned political protest. Those stories and more, but first, this news. I'm Andrew Stelzer with these headlines for Free Speech Radio News. As the Syrian government continues to attack protesters calling for government reform, the United Nations has pulled out 26 of its staff from the country because of safety concerns. 